Hi, welcome to the Charlotte Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message and that it both encourages and inspires you. Last last night, I was speaking very briefly on the weird parts of the story. I talked about Bethlehem being probably one of the weirdest things. But there is one other thing that I think is super, super weird in the Christmas story. It's unusual. It's so unusual that I actually think it's evidence that the Christmas story is real, not just historically. But if you were to make up a religion that appealed to Jewish people, this is the last thing you would put in the story because it's offensive. It's confrontive, and a lot of people would even think it's sinful. If you have a Bible, turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. If you're new to church, you don't have a Bible, you could Google it. Matthew chapter 2, it'll load up. If you have no reception, or you didn't bring your phone, or you've turned it off, good on you. You are awesome. We will chuck the scripture on the screen. Matthew chapter 2, one of the weirdest, most bizarre parts of the Christmas story. If you've got it, say, got it. If you need a minute, say, I need a minute. All good. I'll give it to you. Your phone might be slow after last night. Matthew chapter 2. Big part of the Christmas. It says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And about that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is this newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. Pause. God uses a star to speak to the Magi or the wise men, as some translations of the Bible say. Same, same, but different, right? Um, So who are the Magi? Who are these wise men? Who are the three kings from Orion, if you know that Christmas carol, right? They were foreigners, which was already pretty radical. If you were trying to appeal to a Jewish audience, this is not a group of characters that you would use, but God uses them anyway, right? And I said it the other week, but uh, most uh, uh, scholars believe that they they weren't Christians, they weren't Jews. Um, They were practicing a, a religion called Zoroastrianism, as I said, trivia fact, I'm helping you out next time you're at Pub Trivia. Uh, they worship the god Mazda, which the car brand is named after. That's pretty funny. Um, but it's pretty wild when you think about it. So God, first of all, grabs foreigners, which at that culture was a strange thing to do. Now we travel all over the world. We have such a great perspective on people, but that wasn't a true back then, right? But this is the question. When God goes to reach people who don't know him, who are foreigners, how does he do it? Does God send uh, an evangelist? and a gospel choir over to convert them? No. Does God send a a Christian apologetics guy to explain and debate why Christianity is logical and why it could change their life? No. Does God send an incredible Christian Christmas movie with a great moral story made by Hallmark? No. Does God send the most incredible modern worship team that have all of the skill of Herbie and Kim and they're going to put the whole thing on and blow them all away? He could have, but they weren't born yet, so no, right? He speaks to them in a way that they would understand and respect, and he does that by sending a star, which back then would have been a mic drop moment because back then, just as it is now, the idea of looking at the stars and doing astrology is and was demonic, right? These guys were interested in astrology, which is why they paid attention to the stars, yet God manages to reach them exactly where they are by speaking to them in a way that they would have paid attention to. He uses the practice of looking at the stars. Now, mind you, before anyone asks me or sends me an email, 
you have to remember that the stars weren't created by the enemy. The stars were created by Jesus. In fact, the Bible says that the heavens declare the glory of God, right? Which means that all that God was doing was taking back from the enemy the thing that he created so that it could give glory to himself. So that's the thing. But see, I think about this more deeper and I wonder, sometimes we think we're never going to be able to get that loved one saved. We're never going to be able to reach that person. We're never going to encounter that thing because they're too far gone. You don't understand, Phil. They're too far gone. I can never get through to them. But the reality is this story proves that nobody is ever too far gone when God wants to reach their heart. But Phil, they won't read the Bible. Doesn't matter. God will find a way. But Phil, I've invited them to church. They never want to come. Doesn't matter. God will find a way. But Phil, I tried Bible bashing them. It just offended them. Well, you probably were offensive. But anyway, God will find a way, right? Which brings me to the first point. Everyone say number one. God is creative in how he brings change. God is creative in how he brings change. God is creative in how he brings change. See, maybe your life is a little bit messy this Christmas. Maybe it's a family drama. Maybe it's a health concern. Maybe it's a legal issue. Maybe this Christmas stirs up some past hurt and even that in and of itself, even though it looks all together and your life looks all good on the inside, you're like, oh, that's a bit hard. Maybe it's financial pressure. Maybe, as I said, it's a loved one being away from Jesus and you're sad about that. But the thing is, uh, we often say, well, that situation can't be fixed. That situation can't change because logically, Phil, you don't understand. It's illogical for there to be change. But you know what? I agree with you. You're probably right. It probably is illogical for there to be change. But then again, it doesn't have to be logical because the Christmas story proves that God is creative in how he brings change. You know, I don't actually think the wise men would have been converted by an evangelist. I don't think they would have been that impressed by a YouTube apologetics guy. I don't think they would have been won over by a Hallmark Christmas movie. So God speaks to them in the most creative and unusual way because God knows how to bring change, right? Only God can do this. He knows how to bring change. And see, what happens is we often lose faith because of our situation, but we forget that the Christmas story proves that God is not just incredibly logical, God is incredibly creative. So when you look at a situation in your life and you say, that can't possibly change, it's just not logical. You don't understand. How's God going to bring change? Look at the interest rates. How's God going to bring change? Look at the doctor's report. I'm here to tell you, I'm not arguing with your logic. I'm just reminding you that God isn't just logical. He's creative as well. And God is creative in how he brings change. I'd never have guessed that Jesus was going to use a star. But then again, I'm not God and neither are you. God is creative in how he brings change because no normal thing would have worked for these wise men. So God spoke to them in an abnormal way. You might be going through a situation right now and say, Phil, I don't think that there's a normal way that that's ever going to get better. You're probably right. It won't be a normal way. But God doesn't have to use normal ways. He can use abnormal ways because he's creative in how he brings change. This all made me think. So there's a star, right? So God uses a star to bring change. But the star didn't just stay at that spot in the sky. It moved. They followed the star, which is another shocking part of the Christmas story. If I was making up a religion, I would definitely not have put that bit. If you've offended people, you're driving the fence home. Because, again, this is a practice that was considered demonic. So they follow a star. And that tells me it doesn't matter the strongholds that you're facing in your life. It doesn't matter the strongholds that other people are facing in their life. It doesn't matter how much it looks like the enemy has the upper hand. 
when God works in a situation, change. Because the practice of following stars, the very thing that was taking them closer to hell, God did a plot twist, and it was actually bringing them into the literal presence of Jesus. See, you've written things off in your life because you say you don't understand, Phil. The enemy's got the upper hand in this area, but you don't realize that God is working a plot twist in the middle of your Christmas situation. Which tells me, number two, everyone say number two. Not going to preach long today. Number two. With God, bad things can lead to good things. With God, bad things can lead to good things. Maybe your family had a massive argument in planning Christmas. Maybe you got a health report this year that you're still working through. Maybe there's a financial challenge that you just can't overcome. Maybe you're looking at the situation with your kids and you're like, it's not getting better, Phil. It's getting worse. Maybe there's a legal problem that, again, it's spiraling out of control. Maybe it's none of that. Maybe you're just looking at 2023 and you don't feel excitement. You actually feel apprehension and you're nervous about all of that, right? Freaking out a little bit. That's the case. I have some good news for you this Christmas. With God, bad things can lead to good things. With God, bad things, that can lead to good things. Maybe that family member that you're praying for who uh, you're like, just please let them get close to Jesus. They've joined an atheist reading group. Don't stress. Just start praying because with God, bad things can lead to good things. Just look at the Christmas story. Maybe your health, you say, Phil, it's actually gotten worse this year. hasn't gotten better. Don't stress. Don't get upset. Don't lose hope. Just start praying because with God, bad things can lead to good things. Maybe there's an issue in your marriage and you're like, I'm trying to solve it. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. Don't lose hope. Just start praying because with God, bad things can lead to good things. Maybe you're even dreading Christmas this year. You're like, I don't want to go to that Christmas lunch. Every year I go, it's a disaster. I go home crying. Yeah, that might feel like that way, but don't give up hope. Don't start dreading it. Start praying because with God, bad things can lead to good things, right? There's lots of things I love about Christmas time. Give us a wave if you love Christmas time. Lots of things I love. Love eating like a horse. Real. Love that trifle. I actually do love Christmas carols. One of those dorky people that sings Christmas carols, sometimes even throughout the year. Um, I have been known to sing along in Woolies with my trolley. Um, so, yeah, I'm that crazy guy that you've changed aisles to avoid. That's me. Um, love lots of stuff. One thing I love, and Christian and I love Christmas, one thing we're not on the same page, a little bit of disagreement in our marriage, is how wonderful the boxing is. Are there any cricket fans in the house? Come on, a few of us. Anybody that, that like Krista, thinks that cricket is the most boring thing in the history of boring things, give us a wave. Yep. Oh, okay. Let's just see if we can convert you in the next two minutes, right? I love cricket. I love the Boxing Day test. I must admit, since getting married, it is harder to spend eight hours sitting on the couch yelling at the TV. Um, you know, but cricket, if you don't know, is, it's a simple yet complex game. There's a guy with a ball. He's a bowler. He throws it down the pitch or bowls the ball to use a technical term to the guy that has a bat and he's got to hit the thing get runs or points right but here's the thing when you watch cricket at first glance when you're watching the game you get the perception that the batter isn't in control it's the bowler pitching the ball it's the bowler who's deciding where it's going to go it's the bowler that's running down the pitch the other guy's just standing there and having to take it as it comes but if you watch a lot of Boxing Day tests, and you should, it's a fantastic sport. Unlike soccer, because Croatia lost this week, and so I've just given up on that sport. I told everybody, don't talk to me about soccer. I'm a rugby guy. I'm from Queensland, right? Anyway, 
if you watch it intricately, if you look at the great batsmen, Donald Bradman, Sachin Tendulkar, even this homegrown hero, Southeast Queensland's Matthew Hayden, what they do is they give the bowler the impression that they have control, but they actually are the ones dictating where the ball goes. And piece by piece, piece by piece, ball by ball, they start grinding out runs, grinding out runs, grinding out runs, and at the end of the match, they win. That is what God does in our life. Sometimes we feel that we are at the mercy of, I'm at the mercy of free will, I'm at the mercy of that health thing, I'm at the mercy of that um, you know, conviction, I'm at the mercy of that situation, I'm at the mercy of this or the mercy of that. You don't actually realize those things think that they have control in your life, but they're just the bowler bowling the ball, and Jesus, step by step, just keeps hitting those things one by one by one by one, and you look back at your life and you say, aha, I've won in that area that I thought I lost. And this Christmas, you need to remember that when you invite Jesus into your life, it doesn't matter the bowler that you're facing. He will grab the bat this Boxing Day and he will turn your life around. See, I bet the enemy thought when he looked at the wise men that with every single step that they followed a star, they were getting one run closer to hell. There was Jesus. bringing them into his presence. You might think some of those appointments you've had this year. You might think some of those tears you cry. You might think some of those issues you've faced actually are in control, actually have the upper hand, and are going to dictate what your 2023 like. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus is in your life. He's as in control now as he ever has been. And just as he wove his power through the Christmas story, he will weave his power in your life this Christmas if you believe it, say amen. Your family is not too far gone when Jesus is batting. Your finances are not too far gone when Jesus is batting. Your health is not too far gone when Jesus is batting. Your future is not too far gone when Jesus is batting. Don't give up hope this Christmas. Hold your head high. Pop your chest back. Walk with confidence. Jesus is on your side. He has taken the crease and he's ready to turn it around. The Magi are some of my favorite characters in the Christmas story because they're the weirdest. They're the most odd. They're the most unlikely people to pick in the Christmas story, which in itself speaks to me because sometimes I feel like everybody else would get the Christmas miracle except me for this reason or that reason. But if God picked them, then God can pick you. God can pick you. God can pick the person next to you for a Christmas miracle. So don't write yourself off and say you're the exception to the rule. If he can pick the Magi, he can pick you, right? And I know you're thinking, yeah, but how could he ever bring a Christmas miracle in my world? I'm looking at that situation. It seems impossible. And I agree. The logical thing would be that there wouldn't be change. And yet God is creative how he brings change so he can bring change in your situation. He can do it in ways you never, ever thought and you never, ever saw coming, right? And he can do it for you this Christmas. I know, I know. You might be thinking, yeah, but Phil, I, I, I listened to a TED Talk once. I read a Bible thing once. I did something once and I got all excited and it just got worse. I get that. But you know, with God, bad things can lead to good things. You just have to be 
bold and have confidence and realize that Jesus is taking the crease in your life. You know, if you were reading this story 2,000 years ago, you would have thought this story would have had a bad end because there's no way God can overcome the odds of Magi practicing astrology and the desert and everything else. But look at how it ends from verse 9 through to verse 11. It says, After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star that they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. They saw the star. They were filled with joy. They entered the house, and they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down when they worshipped him. And they opened up their treasure chests, and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, which tells me, however bad it looks to you this Christmas, you can have faith that with Jesus, bad things. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to pray. I'm going to be done. And I reckon I'll get the team to sing a Christmas carol. If I sing a Christmas carol, I will empty the building quickly, but not in the way I want. So why don't you just close your eyes? It's not because it's extra spiritual or anything. God's not, God doesn't care if your eyes are closed. God doesn't care if your eyes are open. But I do want to give you privacy because this isn't about anyone else. This is just about you and God right now. It's not about the person next to you or the person in front of you. It's just about you and Jesus. I just want to pray for two groups of people. The first group of people I want to pray for is people who need Jesus. People who need Jesus as Lord and as Savior. Because as Krista said, that, that was kind of the point of why he came came so that you could just counter him once and then walk away. Magi came and they sat in Jesus' presence once and then they had to go back. He wants to hang out, be in your presence, ongoing. As Lord, which means he's in charge, and as Saviour, which means he forgives you for everything you've ever done and you start Christmas with a clean slate, a clean resume, a clean rap sheet. He doesn't want to hold anything against you. As Krista said, He hasn't come to make you feel bad or beat you up or anything like that. He hasn't come to condemn you. He's come to save you. So while everyone's got their eyes closed, while no one's looking around, just while you've got privacy, if if you need Jesus this Christmas, I'm not asking if you're religious. I'm not asking what you wrote down in the census. I'm not asking what you tell people when they ask you a question about religion or faith. I'm asking, is Jesus Lord and Savior of your life? Here's your chance. You're in the presence of Jesus. Here's your chance. While no one's looking around, while everyone's got their eyes closed. If you need Jesus, I'm just going to pray for you. You stay there. I'll stay here. I don't want to do anything weird. Just like last night, I'll pray up here and you can stay down there. But if that's you and you think, yeah, I need Jesus, either for the first time or the hundredth time, it doesn't matter. Can I just get you to slip up your hand just so I know who I'm praying for? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Awesome. Thank you. I see that hand. Anybody else? Awesome. Thank you. Here's what we're going to do. We'll just pray a very simple repeat after me prayer. I did it yesterday. It's not half. At the end of that prayer, you'll be a Christian. And everything I spoke about today will be true for you. And it'll be true for your life. You just watch what Jesus will do. You just watch. Invite Him into your heart. That's all you've got to do. Have faith and watch what happens. And just so you're not praying this prayer on your own, I'll get all the Christians to pray along with us. And hello, we're in a church. There's a lot of Christians, right? Are you ready, church? Just repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus please come into my life this please, Christmas. Please come into my life this Christmas. Please save me from myself. Please save me from myself. Please take charge. Please take charge. I give you the manger of my heart. I give you the manger of my heart. In your name, Lord Jesus. In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. 
Come on, can we give all those people a hand? Why don't you stand to your feet? I said I'd pray for two groups of people. And I just want to pray for one more group of people and then I'm going to sing my guts out on the front row. But you need a Christmas miracle. You need a Christmas miracle. Could be a big thing, could be a small thing. Might be something external, there might be a financial pressure, might be something else. Actually, might just be something in your heart. Maybe you're struggling with depression. Maybe you feel lonely. It's Christmas time. You're in a church. We're in the presence of Jesus. If ever there was to be time for a miracle, why not now? He didn't stop doing miracles at Christmas. Christmas is the proof that he just got started. So if that's you, I'm not going to ask what it is. I'm not going to get you to come to the front or do anything weird. But if you need a Christmas miracle, just raise your hand. I'm going to pray right now. Just feel like this is something God wants me to do. If you need a Christmas miracle, maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a health situation. I, I don't know. I don't need to know what it is, but Jesus does. Jesus knows what it is. If that's you, just raise your hand. Jesus, I just thank you so much for every hand raised. God, I thank you that you love people and you actually love doing miracles. They're not always the most logical things. They're often very, very creative, but you have a way of reaching situations that nobody else can reach. You have a way of getting through to people and changing people's hearts and minds in a way that nobody else can. You have a way of shifting things, shifting seasons, changing the course of people's lives. I spoke about it last night. Look at what you did with Bethlehem, Lord God. I pray that you would give people an experience like that in any area that they need a miracle. And in the Name of Jesus, Lord God, I speak a Christmas miracle over every situation. I declare you your Lordship Jesus over that situation. I speak change and breakthrough in Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. I declare right now, every bad thing that you have faced, God can turn around for good. He that has begun a good work in you will see it completed on the day of His return. The enemy does not have the upper hand over your life this Christmas. Jesus was in control 2,000 years ago and Jesus is in control now. Jesus brought change 2,000 years ago and Jesus can bring change now. I rebuke the lack of hope that you feel when you look at your life. I declare that you have a, a hope, a purpose and a joy that is coming into your heart this Christmas. In Jesus' name, Amen. I am Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. You can connect with us at shilohchurch.com.au.